The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us as well as other fine shows such as Sarcasm City, That's Delightful, Worst Millennials, The Ectoplasm Show, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now get ready to sit back and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 102 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And today we will be talking about Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Uh, timely as ever, as is the, <laughs> the habit of the Blokebusters podcast. Yeah, sure <laughs> A long-standing tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, real quickly, let's uh, let people know where they can find us. Yep, sure. Well, uh, again, we're just going to try and keep it relatively short here. Is that most important places to find us really are on Twitter and Instagram for the most part that's where we're kind of most active and that just search Blokebusters you'll find us there uh, and also go check out podrose.com because we're on there as well as all the other great shows so yeah, please do go check yes. it out <laughs> we have a nearly three hour movie to talk about so we're trying to move this along <laughs> yes yes we'll try and be slightly less, less as... yes, I, yes that was my yeah my goal as well um <laughs> Let's see if we can do uh, 30 seconds for every minute. <laughs> All right. I think we can even do better than that. Probably. <laughs> Let's hope, yeah. All right. So, um, Paul, I think I have an idea of these numbers, but right. how did this, how much money did this damn thing cost? Oh. I think I've heard this before. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, obviously directed by Denis Villeneuve, and uh, apologies because we apparently mispronounced that. On the previous... So, apologies to all of our French and French-Canadian listeners. Yes. (laughs) New and old. So, uh, yeah, my aunt, if she (laughs) listens to this. (laughs) Uh, But yes, this film, it made... Oh, no, it didn't... Well, it did make some money, but uh, the budget was $150 million, the production budget, Mm -hmm. the uh, announced one. And it made worldwide in the box office... 259,239,658 US dollars. So technically, if you're going with the stereotype of double the production budget for full mm-hmm. marketing, it would be at a loss here. Yeah, um, even if you didn't take that into account, I think it's still underperformed for for what they what, wanted. What definitely. the expectations were. Um, and real quickly, before we get into like our general feelings, I did want to kind of pick your brain and I have my own opinions on it too mm-hmm. um, as to why this didn't do well I, I mean we're gonna get into it spo- uh, no spoiler here I love this movie um, but I think there was a lot of things against it um, yeah <laughs> the biggest glaring thing I think when people look or picking out a movie that two hour 43 <laughs> really puts a dampener on things yeah and I mean it sucks up your day especially people with kids people that are trying to make the most out of a day off um, yeah, I, you know thing, things like that um, so that I thought was number one but also the nature of a 30 year old sequel um <laughs> And then also, the other thing that really struck out for me, this is such a niche genre, uh, (laughs) subgenre at least. Yeah. Yes, of this sci-fi noir. 
I mean, Blade Runner, we'll touch on the first film here and there, but that first film is really uh, kind of defined a genre, kind of created, and there is no comparison, like, for this mission of making a sequel. The, the comparison is like making another Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, there's nothing that compares to that. So the, the responsibility of that and what I thought was very well executed, that's a lot to ask. So you're mainly getting the fanboys yeah. um, and a few interested parties. So I wasn't really surprised. I was disappointed that it didn't do a lot better because I think this is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a word I'm going to be using a lot. <laughs> Apologies. Um, but yeah, I, was, I don't know if you had any... Uh, feelings on that well no, i definitely think that the biggest problem with this is obviously it the original was pretty much a cult classic i would say it kind of fits that definition and the problem with cult classics is that they become so popular after they've been in the cinema so i think what's going to happen is and i'm what i'm hoping is that the studio kind of knew this would happen that it wouldn't make a huge amount of money in the box office but that the dvd sales the digital sales blu-ray sales i think that is what they were aiming for because Mm -hmm. when it comes to a cult classic and then trying to make a sequel out of that it's going to be the same thing you are like you said you're going to get the diehards that go and see it and some diehards are going to have hated this film i mean some diehards are going to love this well yeah as our fanboy fanboys are wont to do you can never make them happy it's either an exact copy of what was done before or it's too different yeah it's never one of you know it's never in between it's yeah yeah i want something that's exactly the same but isn't the same and (laughs) yeah yeah, force awakens is just a new hope (laughs) did you like a new hope yes Okay, <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> like, but I don't want to watch a new hope again. Really? Really? Final comment. No Jar Jar in that movie. Okay? There, yeah. Uh. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I am slightly optimistic that the studio assumed that this would happen, so they're probably not going, well, we're not going to mm-hmm. do this again. Because, yeah, and I mean, it's what? It was Warner Brothers, right? They had, so, I mean, yeah. they can take a little bit of a loss. Just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> they're fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not going into bankruptcy anytime soon. Uh, but um, no. <laughs> not unless we find out something awful about some, <laughs> some yeah. people running the place. But, True. I, uh, although, even so, they would then just oust that person, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I think having the Harry Potter films in their catalog is going to keep them going for a long time more than likely um so (laughs) as i was kind of saying we're getting into now kind of just general thoughts here but uh, if you're new with us we do talk about all parts of the film i like to bring that up every time just so for whatever reason you haven't seen this you don't want anything spoiled we will be doing that so (laughs) you have been warned yes perfectly understandable if you haven't seen this film yet Slightly this less is, yeah. understandable for me as to why you would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of those when I get around to it movies for anyone else that isn't like a diehard yeah. well, fan I, or really. I mean, because you had just seen it recently for the first time. Yes, right? I uh, I saw well, I saw Blade Runner a few weeks ago mm-hmm. because you lent me your copy. Oh, right. Thank yes, you very I much. I did not need the, the other <laughs> thanks on air, but I appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, I it was one of the films that I always knew I should watch. Mm-hmm. Then I just never did. Yeah, uh, it just works out that way. Everyone's got films like that, and I just happen to have way more than your average person. <laughs> and so I, uh-huh. uh, I started running on a treadmill, waiting for the weather to actually warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Well, I'm doing this in front of a TV. Mm-hmm. Shove something on." So I actually ended up watching Blade Runner in two sitting, well, two runnings, I should uh-huh. say. And uh, this one I ended up watching because I was like, "You know what? 
I enjoyed Blade Runner and I knew that I would at very least like the visuals of this film. So I was like, okay, I yeah. got it on Redbox and I put it in and I watched the first 40 minutes of it while running on the treadmill and the last two hours of it <laughs> upstairs on the 4K TV through my yeah. PlayStation 4. So I have the first 40 minutes of this film were at like maybe 1080p mm. and the rest was at a much higher quality. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say I am glad that I watched this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I can fully understand why someone would have to wait until they're like, okay, the kids are at mother's house. <laughs> you need a good block of time. But I, I will say, yeah, I watched this opening weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I have the, the luxury to do that a lot of the time. So I'm yes. very aware of that. But uh, it looked incredible on the big screen so I'm any, sure. <laughs> anyone that was able to do that can attest to that uh the, the visuals i mean we'll get i mean i might as well mention it now deacons won uh the oscar for which i still feel a little part of that was a lifetime achievement award uh, as the oscars uh it has yeah. a habit of doing but after so many other nominations uh, yeah non-wins even though i was really hoping for greta gerwig even though i know that she was a, a kind of dark horse candidate for ladybird right um but yeah, Deacon's one. I'm happy that he did. And then the other, you know, big one here was the visual effects, well, which yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are going to get into that um, probably for a, a while. Um, I don't know if we want to do that now, but we can circle back on that. But damn, yeah, the effects in this movie. Yeah, we'll definitely um, get to it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, overall feelings. Like, how did you feel about Blade Runner 2049? Uh, well, having just recently seen Blade Runner, yeah, having recently seen Blade Runner, and not having had then many many years of nostalgia piled on top of it, I can honestly say that this film feels like a perfect continuation. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yes, you could not tell that these were made by two different filmmakers, could you? Really? No. I mean, not to discredit Ridley or Denis, but. I mean, it's like we just watched a little bit of a special features thing when before we started recording, and uh, Denise said, you know, um, same canvas, different painter. Yeah, uh, which I think is very accurate. Yeah, yeah, and it, this film, it uh, and you know, we'll definitely get into it, but the visuals just so well matched to the original. And then added on with the fact that we now have way better technology than they had access to back then. Yes. So it just was a more polished version. I mean, it. I, you could even argue that like this is what Blade Runner would be if it were made now. Like this is just how it felt to me. So. It, yeah. It nothing felt like the try hard or no. too fan servicey. Or anything like that. It um, there was nods, you know, here and there, and obviously, but it just felt like I said, it just felt like we picked up thirty years later. Yep. Um, yeah, it felt very much the same part of that world. Kind of, I would say, on a larger extent, I've already mentioned it once, but how Force Awakens felt like a return to the Star Wars universe for me. Yeah, um, a proper return. A proper return, <laughs> where I didn't have to burn things in a fire. <laughs> Very good space reference there. Yeah, thank you. Um, but... Yeah, this really, I was just so happy with it. Because I'm not, I don't, I want to make it very clear, I'm not a Blade Runner diehard fanboy, but I do love that movie. Right. Uh, it's one I saw later than I probably should have, but I did see probably 
for the first time probably 15 to 20 years ago. Right. Um, and just remember, like, and that's one, I mean, for the average view, you may need to watch a few times to really get what's going on. Yeah. And really try to get your head around everything. <laughs> Um, but just on the surface level of looking at how beautiful everything is, how it's shot, just the this um, that the way the advertising is shown, and we get that in twenty forty nine. Yeah, it just creates another world for you, and that's one of the things I always connect with. It's like it is its own world, and it really yeah, it's just like. It's at the top of the pyramid on sci-fi films, I think. Yeah. I, I think every sci-fi film wants to be a Blade Runner <laughs> uh, on some level. Yeah, and also a wonderful nod to the old, you know, noir detective films. Yes, yeah, because that's what both of these films, I mean, they, at, at their core, it is a detective story. It's, yeah. it, you know, in... Of course, a lot of meaty fill-in there. Um, yeah, massive around. sci-fi elements. Yeah, but that's really the core of the story is this journey of a detective looking for the truth. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just going to get lost in my <laughs> thoughts here because I, I fucking love this movie. Um, you know, I I was thinking about it uh, a little, little while ago today, but uh, like, what do you think it would be like if this crew ended up making or remaking the fifth element so like it was slightly see, more I, I see that's blasphemous no that's i know one, that, yeah. that's the thing i enjoy the campiness and like it, because it basan is so different uh luke basan is yeah. so different <laughs> than what he does with the really you know the whole color palette's different um, yes very, very true right so i wouldn't want to see that world because i love the fifth element world being bright and poppy and yes. <laughs> i wouldn't want to see a gritty world uh, I, like that yeah i just i was thinking about it and i was like because the fifth element it is an action film but it's mostly just a, a fun film whereas i think if these guys made it it would be as a gritty action it would almost be like uh so it would be like the Predator style gritty version of the Fifth Element. I, I would multi pass on a gritty version <laughs> of Fifth Element. <laughs> yeah, All so, right. And that's my one. All right. Paul's keeping track. Yeah. Like he allows me one. Oh, right. see, he's writing down notes to cut that out. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, who is. Let's run through a really quick cast list here All and right. then kind of get into some of our favorite bits. Okay. Well, you've got uh, Ryan Gosling as Kay or Joe, depending on what part of the film you're in. Yes. Uh, Harrison Ford returning as Rick Deckard. And you've got. And this is where my pronunciation will start to fail me a little <laughs> bit. Uh, Robin Wright. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Robin Wright as Lieutenant Joshi. Uh, Ava de Armas as Joy. Sylvia Hooks is what I'm going with as Love. And the only other one I've written down, but there are a couple of others we might mention, uh, Jared Leto as Neander Wallace. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that, those are kind of the main players, really. Yeah. In this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into a couple of... Uh... Color cameos color. and large extra or kind of featured extra roles maybe yeah right. um, mm-hmm. so all right then my my first question to you is obviously you've got ryan gosling as this k joe character but which character in this film was your favorite favorite oh um because i know everyone's supposed to like really be following 
yeah. as you were following mm-hmm. Deckard in the first one. And for the most part, Deckard's the most interesting character in Blade Runner, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I don't. I personally don't think that K is the most interesting character in this one. So I, I want to know what yours is first. I, I was really kind of interested in following Joy's uh, <laughs> development. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole because I mean it's it's a mirror obviously for what replicants are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a- autonomy and. Right, you know, rights of hologram <laughs> AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting into some Black Mirror stuff here too that we've talked yeah. about on those episodes. What rights do the digital have, if any? Yeah. <laughs> or and, well, uh, and also the the final question as well is: Is she really a full AI? So, because that'd be V, or, yeah, VI, right? Or, yeah, because it's mm-hmm. it's virtual intelligence, and mm-hmm. it's like everything she does is based around the core programming, and they mm-hmm. don't. Even though she seems to grow in the film and yeah. seems to be a tat, the question is always like, is she really? Which is again kind of like the the replicants in the first one. It's like, yeah, are they really not human? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. did, they may not have been born, but are yeah. they? Like, and it's never fully answered in that mm-hmm. one, and it's never fully answered in this one as to whether or not she was actually completely autonomous and has kind of grown beyond her programming. Or if it's all her programming. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, like, is she that good at parroting behavior? Or yeah. <laughs> was it authentic? Because yeah, I don't know. But but if it's authentic, then we do get some character development there. Uh, as far as her struggling, the whole motivation jumping way ahead here of her getting um, this sex worker to yeah. uh, sync with. Is that done out of love? Or, you know, <laughs> just out of wanting him to have a physical interaction or connection with her yeah so i mean like it seems like that's real you know it seems like you know those are things that she really feels she like and, and i mean another major spoiler here her last words are i love you yeah or, I love <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah uh-huh so yeah i don't know i call me old softy but i want to believe it it's you know real learning yeah yeah yeah, and that, well, that's the thing. Like, I I really liked her character just as an idea in general, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then having the underlying question there of how much of it is programming and it, is she fully AI? Like, I I love that like that thing. And I know a lot of people they don't even want to think down that way because, mm-hmm. as you say, like very much like it feels like she is like her own person as it were and mm. like making her own decisions and like have grown beyond just a simple companion that you buy mm-hmm. and a piece of software and speaking of i think probably my favorite part in the film just from like world building and the idea of it is when she is out in the rain uh, we even joked about this a little bit mm-hmm. when we were watching this stuff. like she's her own person they're having a fairly intimate interaction and then total pause because it's like oh you've got a message yeah. and she's just stuck like that and the, like... the the utter crestfallen look on Kay's face when he's just like oh yeah because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah they, they play this game and then yeah being brought back to reality but like we have do not disturb on our phones now like don't don't you have like do not disturb on your uh your 
your home system, whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm hanging out with the, the, my VI girlfriend right now, and uh, no calls. Yeah. <laughs> but, but apparently not. Uh, well, In his line of work, I guess, he's got to be on call. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think your police chief boss has the right to override. <laughs> but I want sexy time with my fake girlfriend. Yeah, first sexy time. Come on. Robin Wright, why do you got to be a buzzkill? <laughs> yeah. She is. And that's a very well-played buzzkill. Yes. But, very much. Yeah. Um, so, was that your favorite, or did yeah, you? de- okay. definitely. And uh, I, I did want to bring up something that, um, again, before we recorded, we kind of talked about, which is how after his joy is destroyed by love, you then get the gigantic hologram joy, which you've, Wait, if no you've seen. No fun on his joy was destroyed by love, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Although it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think that when it comes to that interaction, because the the joy that he had gave him the name Joe that he wanted to mm-hmm. go with, and then this giant joy says, you seem like a good Joe to him. And then the question is, well, is it all joys? Call their users Joe as a nickname or something? Mm-hmm. Or is it you brought up targeted advertising a la mm-hmm. Facebook or something like that? Personally, what I think is that joys are actually targeted at the Blade Runner type replicants mm-hmm. or replicants who don't have names. And Joy is programmed to be able to identify uh, replicants and Blade Runners mm-hmm. and will call them Joe. And obviously, even though she's targeted at these characters, it's still just a blanket market campaign, and people that aren't replicants will also buy them. I'm sure there are many lonely males out there, and, they, <laughs> and lonely females that uh, would be willing to have joy in their life. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's actually part of it. I, I would believe that uh, Wallace would come up with joy as well as these new replicants <laughs> as a way of keeping them the way they uh, are right? I wonder yeah if you can't I wonder if they like if you can't afford joy because she's if there's like a a program called meh <laughs> and it's just like a cigarette smoking yeah. <laughs> girlfriend or, that's or, just is mean to you when you come home yeah. and... <laughs> or, or just happy and someone says like oh hey Hi. how's it going I had a good passive day. aggressive model yeah mm-hmm. did you have fun work today mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. well I was sitting here <laughs> wait I'm paying for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey some people would I'd be rather <laughs> rather be alone yeah. um sure I'd like to give just kind of a quick, quick uh, minute, two minute rundown of the plot here, if we can, just sure. for because uh, it can get a little muddled if, uh, if, if you're not really cl- closely paying attention. But essentially, we we meet Kay um, as a Blade Runner. Once again, you know, not familiar. That's who seeks out and retires in air quotes yes. uh, replicants. Right, um, the old models, yeah. the old models, yeah, of replicants, uh, the Nexus Eights or whatever I think yeah. they're called. Yeah, yeah. In, um, in the original film, mm-hmm. it was the ones that are breaking away from what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. And the, if you're up, if you're up to date with your Westworld, the end of <laughs> Westworld <laughs> season one. Yes, there you go. <laughs> they're uh, yeah, they're coming into their own, you could say. Yes. Um, At, whereas but, in this one, it does seem <coughs> to be that because they are all now programmed to. <clears throat> basically just be relatively normal and they're all programmed to serve but there are some that are if not kind of breaking out on their own but 
they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and then they're just doing other stuff as well <laughs> and so I guess those ones are mm. not supposed to be doing it so yeah, that's what our main character is going yeah, after so he, um, and this is one of the uh, small roles I wanted to bring up but we meet him um, on this farm where he has found um, Sapper what, was the, what is his first name <laughs> uh, uh, or no that is his first name Sapper Morton sorry uh, yeah um, which sounds I don't know like a man, men in black character more than <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sounds like it would be Zach Morris's younger brother or yeah. something um, but played wonderfully by Dave Batista. yeah um, <laughs> I mean he's got like three minutes of screen time five maybe probably more than that yeah but uh, it's great like he, he's you don't think you don't even think of him as his guardian's role at all. No. Um, and uh, but yeah, I loved him in that. So we meet him doing this, and this kind of kicks off the whole whole film uh, because there's a um, box that is found underneath this tree mm-hmm. with that has the, the bones of we discover a replicant. Mm-hmm. Um, this turns out to be Sean Young's character uh, Rachel from yep. the first film. Um, mm-hmm. Which, and we also discovered that there was a child, which should not be possible. Nope. Um, so she gave birth to this. So the whole movie is uh, Kay is supposed to find this child and retire this child. Yeah. Um, because her orders of Robin Wright's character. Yes, because she realizes that if news of this gets out, mm-hmm. uh, basically the worst civil war that has ever happened in <laughs> yes. the history of mankind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, won't be able to control them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much just. The beats of the movie, as he picks up more clues to try to find who this child is, um, yes. a couple of misdirections in there, well, well played. Or some. Yes, I, I must say, round about the halfway point in this film, I started looking at it and just going, please don't do what you seem to be aiming at. Oh, I'm like, don't be please. that obvious with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, come on, you're, you're Blade Runner, you're better than this. Yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah I'd be interested to know how... How soon did you know um, who the who the child was? Was uh, it upon meeting that person? Um, I don't know why I'm being coy about it. We can yeah, say it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I have to say that it didn't immediately cross my mind that she was the child. However, when it became more and more obvious that it wasn't Kay, mm-hmm. it was like, ah. Like, that was mm-hmm. the immediate flip in my head. It was like, they, they didn't end up saying it it was even before the one replicant whose name i don't remember uh but before she said she indicated mm-hmm. that it was a girl and it was, he was just kind of sitting there fraser fraser that was Frasier. it yeah, yeah. and, and uh, like just before he meets her i was sitting there just like no nah, they're, they're not gonna do it like i i mm-hmm. I'd firmly made up my mind that this film was not going that way and they yeah. were not going to be obvious and i was like Wait a second, and I flash back to it as it then does in the film, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's uh, that's actually a, the, I I think probably the best way of doing that." Like that, I, I applaud the screenwriter. Yeah, because I mean, they did it in such a way like where we first learn of his his um, what we find out to be implanted memory of the wooden horse. Yeah, um, we don't know the other character yet. Nope. So. <laughs> So our only conclusion is that Kay is the child. Yep. Um, because we've been given no other options, really. I mean, if you want to really try to think outside of what you're being shown, you might reach for those kind of straws, but it, you're very likely to just assume that he's the child. And Joy said she knew this all along, you know, yeah. that, uh, and knew there was something different about you. And, you know, you're 
really human or whatever, however she words it. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, you know, um, I was so, like you said, so relieved that <laughs> things did not go that way. So I'm like, oh, come on. Don't yeah. take, like, the laziest, like, screenwriting trick and just yeah. and, ruin it. And, and they even kind of had their cake and ate it, too, mm-hmm. when they, they had that line of, we all wish that we were as a child. Yeah. And it's like, ah, there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's a natural inclination for all of those that were implanted to be like, ah, oh, that's me. And I, though I do find it interesting that in all the time that this has been going on, only Kay has ever made it to the furnace. Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess he's one of the only people that would have the authority well, to quite be out there. But <laughs> well, to... Morgan from The Walking Dead keeps him pretty busy in their child uh, labor <laughs> factory. Yes. <laughs> so they probably don't get a lot of free time. Yes, no, very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good to see, yeah, there's still no uh, child labor laws in the air. They're being skirted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. Parts of this world. Um, but hey, that's what dystopian futures are all about, right? Exactly. Suffering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to, yeah, might as well get into it now. The the visual effects in this movie. Um, uh, the first thing I, I remember watching this in the theater that I was really blown away by was Joy, uh, specifically where she starts to kind of blend a bit. Not first, not later on yeah. with. Um, Mackenzie Part or Mackenzie uh, Davis's character, right. uh, but when she's interacting with Kay, uh, and they're looking into the the DNA of all the kids, or, or, or yes. do you mean um, yes, yeah, when they're at the uh, the DNA, yeah, and yeah, it, it, I just thought that was so well done, yeah. Um, and can, can you imagine how difficult that must have been to stage as well? Yeah, because like, I, I mean, the question is, did they have the setup? And then they ran it through once with Ryan Gosling and then once with Ava. Or did they have it where it was him on this side and she did it on a green screen and they were together? Because so, I genuinely, I refuse to believe that the technology was that good that she did not film herself for mm-hmm. that. But if it did, I mean, it, and I, I can't actually tell. Like, it's, it's that well it's done. It's that well done. Yeah, it, and it, it doesn't feel like off-putting or like I, I guess it, it felt natural to the world is yeah. what I think. like it did like oh they're really trying to go for like a big crazy effect here like yeah. it didn't take me out of the narrative yeah. of what was happening it just felt real and in the moment and this is what this character would be doing and it's completely normal yeah. <laughs> for well, this situation and my favorite thing about the joy and the hologram is the fact that he clearly doesn't have the top of the line system. So there are many, 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 many times where it is perfectly obvious that she is a hologram. You can see through her. See, uh, I, I think that's time. just because wasn't that in the first one? Because like, I like dystopian films where that's always going to be the issue with technology. It's yeah. always going to have glitches. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know if it was the top of the line thing. Like, even our best software now and stuff, it, it glitches and things go wrong with it. Video games, all this stuff. Um, so I didn't know if they were just going for that. Um, well, that's the thing. I don't know. Because obviously the gigantic hologram mm-hmm. advertisements, you mm-hmm. can slightly see through those. But I, I believe that most of those are designed that way. Whereas mm-hmm. she, at many times, appears completely solid. Yeah. And then she'll move past something and you'll see that you can just about see a railing behind her or through mm-hmm. her or something like that. So I, I think that when it comes down to it, 
it is supposed I mean, to be. just not have downloaded the newest patch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to, you know, hasn't gotten around to it. Uh, no. <laughs> a lot of us have waited a few weeks to update our phones. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, she's starting to glitch a little more. I yeah. need that new update. Yeah. And I think, as I said, my favorite scene is them up on the rooftop. And another mm-hmm. part of that is when she's out in the rain. And yeah. so the rain goes through her and then the software catches up. So that she has simulated rain on her, and it really does look like the rain has started to hit her. So that it's so there. Oh my god! Like <laughs> every penny that was spent on the effects was a penny well spent. Yes, <laughs> um, every million dollars that was spent. I'm sure every many, many, many million pennies. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, when she later syncs up with um, Mackenzie's character, I think it's Mariette. I believe is the character's name. But I'm doing sure. this without looking. <laughs> I believe that's right. Yeah, I'm um, probably because if you're going with uh, like Marriott, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. you know, with standard puns and stuff, right? mm-hmm. obviously very, very close to Marionette. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Joy. Yes, mm-hmm. we got. Yeah, we see what we see. What you're doing, um, <laughs> but yeah, when she syncs up with her, that I, I was blown away. Yeah, that, um, it was phenomenal. And <laughs> where you just see because there's a moment where they're synced up, and then like, oh, it's her eyes no wait it's her eyes. like wait who's <laughs> yeah it was so seamless mm-hmm. uh i just was just awestruck yeah and and there were uh, several times where you know obviously they sync up but it's not a you know absolutely perfect sync up because there's always a slight either a slight delay or something like that mm-hmm. or the movement without thinking about it and then you've got four sets of hands on k and the fact that you're not able to tell which one's which. <laughs> yeah. Is... And there, yeah, and it seems like kind of back to like where you said maybe, um, you know, parts would be transparent or not. Like it seems like when there was a lot of movement, the sink could get a little out of whack. Like um, not get too descriptive, but when they're removing their clothes differently. Yeah. Um, one is zipping, one is pulling off, you know, like so that there's a lot of movement going on. But then it returns to the natural yeah. synchronization there. Um, it was, uh, it was such, a, <laughs> such a great scene. Like, yeah, really that, well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't even have it yet. But like, I'm just <laughs> nerding out here on it. Uh, um, uh, well, it, uh, moving away slightly yes. from the visuals then, uh, obviously you are a big sound guy. What did you think about the soundtrack for this film and the score? I, that was one of my big impressions <laughs> of... Uh, the first watch on this, and then even more so rewatching it. I just finished rewatching this this morning for the second time, um, as we record here in the afternoon. But um, yeah, it was I believe Zimmer, right? I'm fairly certain yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it's a Zimmer because it's very, it was very yeah. <laughs> loud, mm-hmm. uh, s- s- simple but effective, yeah. Um, and yeah. It, it's I don't know. I don't have the adequate vocabulary. It's beautiful. <laughs> it, it really kind of brought this film to another level i thought yeah and and just uh, the sound editing in general as well yeah, that, also nominated for oscars i forget who won but sound editing and mixing both nominated yeah the i mean the the sounds of the cars as they're flying along just the the general noises background noises as well and mm-hmm. all this stuff it just it so very well put this world together like that, there was, I think, no point when I was watching this that I felt like I was watching actors on a set or anything like that. It was just... No, it's a, a completely immersive world, really. For, <laughs> yeah, from that score, from the sound uh, yeah. mixing. 
uh, yeah, from the cinematography, like it was immersive, <laughs> and that's. I guess you have to be another back to the box office thing because this is a slow burn of a movie. Oh yeah. Even with that <laughs> two hours forty three, it's not a quick two. There are extraneous <laughs> scenes. There are mm-hmm. scenes of him walking from one end of the room to the other with zero <laughs> cutting. <laughs> it's like looking at a piano, looking at the you know, it, it takes its time yeah. and. For one, I, I'm kind of happy because that's an older style of movie making, in my opinion. Is oh, yeah. The, that slower pacing. <laughs> Especially um, now, unfortunately. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, we need every, you know, you need something. They tell you screenwriters, you need something every 15 minutes. Pretty, yeah. You know, pretty much something going on. Um, but I, I love that it took its time with scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let them develop. Let let this world kind of just exist. Um, yeah. Uh, if I can't sound too much like a pretentious a-hole, but <laughs> <laughs> I am self-aware. Well, <laughs> but but I, I, no, I really appreciated that about this film. Yeah. Well, and it probably helped that, like I said, it was such a perfect continuation of Blade Runner. And Blade Runner, at the same as old-school noir-type film, it took its time. It just let the story happen at its own pace rather than cutting up the film mm. to make the story yeah. happen quick. There's like a, a two-hour straight-up action movie in there somewhere, yeah. but I wouldn't like that nearly as much. No. I um, mean, with it, something blowing up every 20 minutes or so. Yeah, and it, there are there are many scenes that you could cut. If you really wanted to trim Yeah, this, if you really wanted to lean, yeah. You could completely cut out him meeting... The three replicants outside the sex dungeon basically you could cut that scene out entirely and just have it that joy hired someone to come mm. down much like in her when mm. uh scarlett johansson's ai hires someone to come down so yeah. like it it many scenes could be trimmed or cut entirely and you would have a tighter version of this yep. oh i think there's probably at least 20 minutes of establishing shots in this movie <laughs> like usually establishing shots are a few seconds you're in that these are like one minute two minute establishing shots yeah you, you have the equivalent of when he's in his car going back to the police station you have the equivalent of the star destroyer just going overhead and overhead mm. and overhead <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, but yeah i didn't mind it um no not at all yeah it's like I said with the road time it's not what I'm gonna always have time for but <laughs> when I'm starting it it's yeah I'm happy to yeah I'm happy I bought it <laughs> let's just yeah. put it that way <laughs> yeah and I I do feel like this will be a film that I do want when my daughter is old enough so it's gonna mm-hmm. be several years mm-hmm. at this point but I would like her to be able to sit down with me and watch Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. and not be like Oh, come on. Like, I, I feel like yeah. this is the style of film I want to come back so that people that are going to be growing up and starting to work in Hollywood aren't then people that were brought up on Michael Bay or people like that, which mm-hmm. I think we're, we're going to start soon getting people that grew up with that style of film, the Michael Bay, very quick action all the time, everything's happening. And they're going to go into Hollywood, and I really hope they don't have any influence. Um, we're, yeah, I mean, we're always going to have, as long as um, we have money. rich white dudes running the studios, they're always going to want their easy, quick hits. Yeah. So that's, I don't think they're ever going to change that. They well, no, I, want, I, I'm not saying want their I want $60 million that. Dollar movie that's going to make 100 and that's a profit, and so they can make another 
poorly written, <laughs> tropey action movie. Well, yeah, you know? I'm not saying I want them to mm-hmm. disappear entirely because mm-hmm. like that's basically like me saying all cinema needs to be one way, and that's not no. right. But there has been a trend recently uh, over the past couple of decades of short films either getting a little shorter or just really like the pacing is just quick quick quick, quick so i think runtimes are increasing a, a they, they are now yeah which uh-huh. i like mm-hmm. it's, well especially given and i would say we talked about mm-hmm. it a lot but with marvel and the comic book films, yeah you can yeah it's tough to get one under two hours ten they're all <laughs> mostly like 220 <laughs> yeah and i have they announced the runtime of infinity war yet? i don't know yeah that, i'm that's expecting gonna that be, one to be two and a half it's gonna have to be yeah it's, <laughs> it's gonna take an hour to introduce the characters <laughs> it's, gonna, yeah. it's gonna be the avengers times three I, yeah that you know the, how long those character introductions took in the first avengers movie yeah unless yeah. they do something incredibly silly where they just have tony start doing a rope Vocal uh-huh. of everyone just like that's strange yeah <laughs> uh, as long as they don't do it like they did suicide squad oh my god worst character introductions of all time <laughs> well, uh, yeah. pretty close they were they were bad um but let's steer this uh, uh, flying car back on course yeah um <laughs> and uh was there a I don't know. Um, was there an aspect you want to talk about next, or a character? I know there's a couple uh, things, but I will uh, talk to you first. Well, I I think at this point I definitely want to know since obviously you were a fan of Blade Runner for so long before mm-hmm. uh, for now. How did you feel about Deckard being back and how they brought him back? I liked how. I, I mean, generally, I liked how they brought him back. I, I was the first time watching him like. Did they cut Harrison Ford out of this? <laughs> I'm like, he was in all the trailers. They, yeah. you know, he's like, but yeah, it's. He's, I think it's about about an hour and a half, maybe hour forty At before least he's uh, introduced. Yeah, I don't know the exact runtime, but um, it's very uh, Force Awakens intro kind of. <laughs> Once again, I think third mention there. Yeah, um, where you know he's cast all in shadow or you know it's it's kind of the entrance like hey it's harrison ford yeah. um so there was that which you, you, i guess you can't get around because it yeah. is he does have that stature as, yeah. <laughs> like the biggest yeah, action star ever so he's allowed a a entrance a grand entrance yeah. um but yeah i did like how they brought him back um i i, I don't know um i don't know how else you could have done it uh, I was pretty happy with it. I didn't think it was messy or sloppily yeah. handled. Um, yeah, it felt I mean, natural. I yeah, I, I mean, they are, they do have a biology, so mm-hmm. I buy that he's older, got a just a touch of a belly yeah. uh, but, now. And, and that's the thing as well. Is they aren't that, robots. Yeah, yeah, and for those of you that haven't seen Blade Runner, but have seen this and are listening, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the, the takeaway from most cuts of Blade Runner is that Deckard is definitely a replicant. If you pay attention to the damn movie, it's proven that he's a replicant, exactly. okay? Uh, and, and obviously, within Blade Runner, he doesn't know that mm-hmm. he's a replicant, or at least we are fairly certain that he doesn't know that he's a replicant. Yeah. And it's I kind of assumed in this that by now, he does know he's a replicant. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even though again nothing is officially stated in the film, well, they, they don't when they say first to meet, him, said, "Hey, are you a replicant?" Well, <laughs> there's an acknowledgement because Kay says, "I know," or um, "I'm sorry." Kay's when they have their little standoff upstairs uh, before they get into the kind of fighting. He says, "I'm not here to bring you in." Yeah, and that's an acknowledgement that I that, that he this would. is my job to bring you 
to bring to kill replicants, yeah, or to bring them in to be interrogated and then killed or whatever. Yeah. But and, so that's an acknowledgement. And, and so why would you bring? Otherwise, he'd say, "Why would you? Why would you want to bring me in? What am I doing? I'm just yeah. an old man living in a <laughs> Vegas <laughs> hotel or what? Yeah, it, exactly. And it, but it is one of the things that if you're more focused on the fact that they got a full back, you might not be paying attention mm-hmm. to that line. So yeah. it, so it can be something that will fly right by you and you mm-hmm. won't get it. And I like. That I liked in the Blade Runner. So far, I've only seen the original theatrical cut of Blade Runner, so yeah. I do need to go back and watch the final cut. But yeah, I like that they had that kind of looming over unsaid. Yeah, and it's up to you to pick up all the pieces. So in this one, again, they didn't feel the need to directly say, like, yeah, you know, they didn't have K ask him, like, you're a replicant. How did you have a child or anything? It's just like. Where you're at. Like he knows he's a replicant. We know he had a child, and it's just like that's the world. We don't care about that. We're still just trying to find. Well, it the does child. what so many movies fail to do is treat the audience with a base level of intelligence <laughs> um, yeah. to not overly have so much exposition that it just <laughs> washes over you, and every little thing has to be explained. You're allowed to let the movie explain things later on down the line. You're allowed to not have them explained. Yeah. And figure it out yourself and take whatever conclusion you want from that interaction or whatever the movie's trying to tell you. But, yeah, yeah it doesn't dumb it down. Um, we, we, I mean, we talked about some character names being kind of a bit on the nose. But uh, <laughs> <Just a little laughs> <bit. laughs> other than that, I mean, yeah, very, I think, sophisticated yeah. storytelling. I mean, that, there is there is one bit in the film that is literal walking exposition and that's when he goes to find the records and the record keeper is just being like yeah so remember that blackout yeah that, you know 10 years ago there was a blackout all data gone poof oh well if only we'd had more paper anyway here's this thing you came to find it's like, <laughs> it's like really this is I an odd been... thing for me to be talking about right now isn't yeah. it it's like yeah you know, that, that would be like me just walking along and be like hey yeah do you, do you remember Ten years ago, when it, there was a there was a big bicycle race. Yeah, I like that bicycle race. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Sometimes I just say things to have words fall out of my mouth. I don't know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, or or it would be it would be exactly the same as let's say the sun changed color twenty years ago, and you're walking down a library with someone, and they go, "Yeah, remember where you were when the li- when the sun changed color?" Yeah. Anyway, here's uh, here's <laughs> Philip K. Dick for you. Right? <laughs> so what? Um, Sorry for this bit of a tangent, but have you seen the movie uh, Thank You for Smoking? Uh, I have Aaron not. That is Aaron Aaron Aaron, right? Yeah, yeah I... it's so, but there's, um, you know, it's like the gun lobby, the tobacco lobby, the, or whatever. Um, but there's a moment where they want to make a movie and bring cigarette smoking back to films. Right. Um, <laughs> and they want it in space. I think it's Brad Pitt or whoever they say, but, and they're like, uh, the studio has like, but wouldn't they like? You can't smoke in space, or well, that we just put. Well, thank God we invented the blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one of my like films all the time. I'm just oh, this yeah. line of chunky exposition here, or you know, or clunky rather. Yeah, and yeah, that's that explains it. Moving on. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, but yeah, we don't get a lot of that in this uh, no. movie, thankfully. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, like I said, and like you said, it's so nice to have a film that. It exists, the world exists, and there's no need for one character to have like, either in voiceover or in background conversation with someone else, just like, yeah, well, when this happened, I did this, and then that'll fill you mm-hmm. in. It's like, no, it just, it is. Yeah. And that's the type of thing. Like, that's actually one of the things I like about Alter Carbon, 
the the Netflix show. Uh, it and it does have it has a little more exposition than this film does, but most of the time it is just like this is just kind of what the world is, and you know you have to take it like that's what it is. They don't explain exactly how everything works, and there's clear bits and pieces that they put in that if they make a second season they can pick up on and carry on from there, which uh, actually slightly leads on to a question that I had for you, which is given the end of this film, yeah. Do you think they're going to make another one? I don't know I, if I want one. I think, think they could, gonna... but I don't want it. Yeah, and I, or um, wait thirty years again, and it's another time jump. Like maybe make these every thirty. Years. I guarantee I won't give a shit in thirty years. If they make <laughs> another one, so probably not. But uh, uh, you know, someone in your family <laughs> that hasn't been born yet, they might really enjoy. Uh, Blade Runner but it's years. also kind of tying to our franchise the like um, mission statement of mm-hmm. more you? original films yeah um, just because something's great this kind of the the American attitude more 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 yeah um, we don't know how about more great things it doesn't <laughs> need to be that exact thing again yes um, so I'm that being I'm very happy this film was made I'm still <laughs> kind of amazed it was I, I think it had so many things against it, like I previously stated. Yeah. Um, so happy it was. I mean, obviously, yes, it had big studios, big stars. This isn't an indie darling. I'm not <laughs> trying to make that case. No. But, um, yeah, I'm very happy it got made. But I don't want them to... Uh, no. Cut, yeah. Like, you really... Like, this could have gone so poorly. <laughs> and uh, Denny Villeneuve could have been hated forever for this. And is, I'm sure, by a small subset of the diehard... <laughs> Blade Runner fans, but by and large, I think it was well received by by film fans, by critics. Yeah. Um, not that it, you know I'm Rotten Tomatoes whore or anything, but it's done very well on there on Metascore. Um, right. So it, I think it's objectively a, a good film. Yeah. <laughs> Some could say good, decent. I would say great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to roll those dice again. No. Yeah, I I do think that what probably worked for this film was it's been so long since the last one. Uh, obviously, Harrison Ford was still alive, so it's mm-hmm. a big boon there. And it clearly was made by people that loved the first one so much and wanted to make a genuine sequel to it. So the thing's going to be... I wouldn't mind if, you know, in 30 years' time they make another one because I do think that when it comes to, you know, as you said, what our franchise is trying to point out that it's just sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel and the quality goes downhill immediately if you start doing that. Whereas I'm fine with... Yeah, having spiritual successes. Let the, well, or... Yeah, let the culture change a bit. Yeah. Let technology change. Um, because, like they said in some of the special features, like the character of Joy could not have existed in 80... Was it 83? 84? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not too sure. I mean, yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry, 82. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Older than, yeah, so I was off by year on my first guess. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that character couldn't exist. So who know? I mean, who even knows what filmmaking is going to be in thirty years? Yeah, it oh, could oh. be a completely different experience. I hope there's still <laughs> standard <laughs> shot, uh, not too crazy futuristic stuff going on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. the just the uh, the medium it's recorded on might change. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, we're always going to be telling stories. So, um, but yeah, let the let the culture shift a little, um, and yeah. then see have have a, an updated take on it. Yeah, because we're always interested. I think that's why so many people love dystopian stories. Yeah, because we want to imagine where we're going as a species. Yeah, and it, it is always interesting. So it really is always interesting to me because you have there's almost never a non-utopian slash dystopian future. It's, it's pretty much never just mm-hmm. exactly the same. There's always something has happened which makes it either everything is great, but is it? Or everything uh, is terrible, but... Yeah, and that, everything is great for a few, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but mostly everything is awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you either have utterly dystopian, utterly utopian, mm-hmm. or... The richer utopian yeah. and the poor you, you, get the, you get the models like Elysium, where you get like the the, the rich people planet or whatever. Um, the the Portuguese series Three Percent, which is fantastic. Everyone should be watching that on yeah. Netflix, well, uh, where they get rewarded. You know, the small percentage get the utopian society. Yeah, <laughs> the other people get the dystopian society. Yeah, and the uh, uh, altered carbon's the same. Like the people that have all the money. They live in giant buildings above the cloud line in the sun, and mm-hmm. they're so happy and they can do anything they want. Everyone else lives at ground level, mm-hmm. and it's just they're just living day to day and surviving. Like that's basically yeah. how that goes. And so, and I don't know if this is actually even true dystopian because there is a society still existing. There is tech. There is, but I mean, but it at least gives the feeling that things aren't super great for most people. No, yeah, um, you know that life is a slog. Well, not that it isn't now, but (laughs) (laughs) even more so. Yeah, uh, Yeah. but yeah. So I don't know if it's a true true dystopian in that sense, but I I I would say I would say it is because it feels like a dystopian future, Mm -hmm. regardless of. How much the technology has come forward mm-hmm. it really is just the planet is definitely seen as worse off than it was in blade runner so things are getting yeah. worse and yeah i the, mean through the color palette and through everything like things are dark and grimy yeah and... neander wallace mm-hmm. he has sold world hunger by creating really yeah, so really, we do really get a, something that would yeah something Food. catastrophic was going on with global starvation yeah. but... but but now even though he's Mm-hmm. solve the problem everyone is basically just eating protein slash meat byproducts type stuff and that's yeah. that's their food unless mm-hmm. they're rich enough to be able to I guess you know food print something I don't know yeah better than the uh, food and snow piercer um bum bars no soil and green running around uh, in place. Uh-huh. um <laughs> But you did bring up Neander. Do you want to talk about him real quick? I have a couple of points and then we'll wrap up, I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Neander Wallace, played by Jared Leto, and I, I did uh, mention to you a little earlier that um, the, the man is a bloody chameleon. Like, every I was time, looking very forward to this part of the conversation. Every single time I've seen him in something, he has looked... So different. Mm. I've not seen him in a huge number of things, so I am he can look different. Yeah, thing, but yeah, mm-hmm. he he, like obviously him in this, him as the Joker in Suicide Squad, yeah. uh, him in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, mm-hmm. like all this. Like, I I look at him in all of these, and it's just he is effectively changing, not only his face but kind of his body as well. Like I mean, he's a slender person. But, I mean, he was, you know, slender to the point of skeletal in Dallas Buyers Club. 
he definitely had some muscle in as the Joker in Suicide Squad, and he was very almost Christian Bale in um, Equilibrium esque in this one as just like a sort of like just a standard well-to-do businessman type thing. So it was uh, it was really cool to see him, and I enjoyed his character, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't understand him enough uh, to fully get him. Yeah. So this is where <laughs> we are going to be miles apart here okay. because I cannot stand Jared Leto. <laughs> I absolutely despise him as Fair a enough. human. Um, and I have aforementioned that, or, well, I find him to be exhausting and pretentious in every mm-hmm. interview I've ever seen of him. Um, his band can suck an egg yeah. uh, <laughs> and like I said yes I'd very well I can come off um, that way too when I talk about films and things I love like that but he I don't know I have not really enjoyed enjoyed him truly since, since like Fight Club okay. and that was like 1998 <laughs> yes, it was. and that was because he was getting his ass kicked <laughs> so even then because <laughs> uh, Ed Norton's like I just felt like destroying something beautiful yeah. um <laughs> I don't know. And then the other thing that really kills it for me, knowing that David Bowie could have been in this role. Oh. Uh, Denis Villeneuve was seeking out David Bowie, but he died um, before. And you know, you know he would have done this movie. Bowie it is the Bowieest of Bowie performances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, uh, he would have killed it. In this. Yeah. And, and knowing that, I cannot look at Jared Leto like. Could have had both. Yeah, and, yeah, fair and I'm enough. Like, yeah, I hate you so much. Like, and yeah, some of that is misplaced, but still, I want to impress upon everyone how much I do not like Jared Leto. <laughs> um, I was just very happy. My friend and I talked about it. Like, his role was small, so yes. it did not ruin this for me. No. If it was a more fleshed out role where he was popping up every twenty minutes, half hour. No, but it's like he has like three key scenes, really. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. He 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 handles it his own on his own. You know, it. it I don't think the story or plot suffers or anything because of it. It's yeah. His character, I don't know, is just kind of eh. Uh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, per- personally, I think, and it, this is a bit of a wild out there thing, but I think if they'd have got someone like Hugo Weaving to do it. Like, obviously, no one would ever beat Bowie, but Hugo Weaving mm. would be a slightly different take on it. But I Same. think he has mm. that level of creepiness to him. See, I think he he's already him. explored that too much with Agent Smith. Kinda, but that—that's the thing. I—I think it would be easy for him to do, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have the problem of it being Jared Leto. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said didn't ruin it for me. Um, no, I, yeah. I I fully understand where you're coming from with that. And uh, like, as, as much as I was okay with him as a character, as I was saying, I didn't I didn't connect in any way with his character whatsoever. And it was almost as if they need they needed a little bit extra. And I know it's odd to say this, mm-hmm. but a little bit extra exposition about him for me to have been able to understand it more. Because he it's yeah. like okay, so he bought the Tyrell Corporation yeah, uh-huh. and he created this stuff and now he is possibly attempting to create more replicants so that he can take over the world maybe <laughs> maybe sort of possibly kind of. it's uh-huh. sort of hinted at but not expressly said but then also he might actually just want what's best for humans maybe like, it's, <laughs> like his character is so 
kind of bland in that respect that it's mm-hmm. difficult to get a read on him which might be the idea yeah but i would have preferred just a little more meatiness to his role so that i could understand it better <laughs> like that, i think i think that is I, my I was, biggest yeah, i was away. fine with him being somewhat one-dimensional i think that's kind of what the, the plot needed for the character yeah but because i mean we were already at two hours 43 <laughs> um yeah. i don't know how much more yeah you want there but yeah. um or cut down on some of those uh establishing shots or whatever but yeah. uh, i don't know i just wanted to see someone else in that role but yeah well, no, it's, yeah. A, it's a minor grape um yeah. well, that, that's the thing, he didn't like, ruin things for no him. his character is actually my biggest negative about the film mm-hmm. and that's kind of saying something like that. that it yeah. Is just... the, the, and I don't know why the, the, the contacts seemed an odd choice to for the character. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that I'm, I'm, he is blind, right? Uh, yeah. I Cause that, that's, what, that's what I took away. Cause when he's but not that, using the mm-hmm. weird floaty camera thing, mm-hmm. he genuinely seems blind. Like he's even reaching mm-hmm. out and touching people's faces. Now, it could mm-hmm. all be an act, but yeah, we the, didn't get anything. <laughs> but all of that just uh, seemed like, if you're not going to kind of flesh out the character more, I don't know, just the yeah. odd peculiarities. But um, I don't know anything. Uh, I, I had I knew I wasn't going to get to all my notes here, but um, <laughs> with anything else, I did want to just briefly mention the Sean Young um, the effect. Camera. The, uh, the well, the the actual like the the effects yeah. of the young Sean Young. I think. I don't know, because um, we're seeing that more and more with, like, uh, Rogue One yeah. and, uh, what, Guardians 2 with Kurt Russell and lots of examples. But I thought it looked pretty great. Um, I heard some people uh, had some gripes with it. but And then the other part of that is, like, okay, so you're a billionaire, whatever billionaire, you have all this tech. You're not going to know her correct eye color. <laughs> that seems like a glaring oversight. <laughs> yeah. But especially with all of the information that Tyrell apparently keeps on everything. I know. On every, yeah. You're like, green, it wasn't even cool. It wasn't like green or blue. Like brown, you know, brown instead of green. Eye. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I kind of was assuming until they got the gun out that she was going to be a, like, a full hologram. Mm. That, like, you know, mm-hmm. so well done hologram. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to use up another replicant to recreate her. But, mm-hmm. obviously, too much money and not enough brains. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I thought, yeah, it was really cool to, just like, oh, yeah, Sean Young, but... Or, you know, Sean Young circa Blade Runner 1982. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the only other character that we haven't really gone into at all, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll... Had too much to say about her, but his love. Yes, like, I, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed her character, and really her motivation was almost, uh, almost as thin as Wallace's, which is just like I, I am the best replicant. I'm seemed. the best one. It was actually one of her lines. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the best one. One of her final <laughs> lines. It might have been a final line yeah, actually. Um, uh, other than, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. which I must say. Surely, if you were making replicants that were going to be, mm-hmm. you know, basically doing all of the hard work, being in mm-hmm. like, inhospitable locations, doing all that stuff, surely the necessity of breathing is pointless. Like, just, I, well, I know I th- they're supposed to recreate mm-hmm. humans and be like Yeah, humans. so I think their biology is very similar. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But uh-huh. it's like, 
Sure, just make it that you don't actually need oxygen, and then you, and then you're never going to have someone like uh-huh. you're not going to have twenty of them die in a gas leak. You're not going to play, which is what the entire point of replicas is that you don't lose their the workforce, slave labor. Yes, uh-huh. they're so, we get the dog metaphor quite a bit through this movie. They're what dogs are to us. They're yeah. companions and you know service yeah. animals essentially. So that that would say I I genuinely mm-hmm. thought there would be a final thing where he ended up. Either just shooting her or like smashing her head against something, like so he holds her under the water, and that's like the final way he gets rid of her. I assume there would be one last sort of comeback from that, where it's mm-hmm. it's finally revealed that nope, she doesn't need to breathe. But, uh, <laughs> she, yeah, she was a little T one thousand, or just um, a little bit. Just but yeah, just like keep rising up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we get I guess an ironic name for a character because she was mostly hate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, that's it's where like they the, were going. the big dude named Tiny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did want to shout out one other cameo, and that was uh, Barkad Abdi. I think I'm getting his name right. Um, uh, probably. And that uh, he. Uh, came to fame in Captain Phillips as the Somali pirate oh, that right. takes over. Yeah, I'm the captain now. Yeah, uh, and he he's just so great. I'm so happy with his like that story of how he's discovered and stuff. And uh, <laughs> he's I I don't know. I just love him. It was so great to see him pop up in this because I had no idea. Yeah, that obviously that he was in this until the first time I saw it. Yeah, um, same here. And mm. and uh, wonderful to see Edward James almost yeah, back uh-huh. as well. Yeah, because like it took me a second to even recognize him the first time out. I'm like, what is that? Oh yeah, I think. He, yeah, is that? and we're like, yeah, I think he is. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it interesting as well because um, uh, I did just a little bit of research, and in the book, because like, there's a, a sequel book not written by Philip K. Dick, but uh, written with permission from mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick. Where his character is dead, like died uh, on on the duty. So like, the fact that they were just like, now nah, let's just have him back. Like, yeah, we we can get him back in there. So I I liked seeing him for his just one scene. It was uh, yeah. a, a nice little okay. Um I did have. I'm so. I need to mention this, and then we can. I promise we can wrap up because I do. Uh, full disclosure: need to use the restroom. Um, but so Joy gets. Mariette for Kay so he can have a this physical and intimate encounter mm-hmm. um, during that or the next morning or whatever Mariette plants a tracker on Kay mm-hmm. that is entirely dependent upon Joy seeking her out right how else was she going to go through with that plan yeah I and then I have another issue with this too because mm-hmm. Frasia, Frasia or Fraser, whatever the the replicant that's been a member of the resistance for yeah. the re- re- revolution, whatever you want to call it, for a long time, yeah. that was buddies with Rachel and all that in, in you know the original Blade Runner days. Um, she's kind of was throwing shade on Kay, saying you brought you know you you brought um, you know um, Wallace to Deckard. Yeah. No, Mariette brought Wallace to Deckard. <laughs> she's the one that planted the damn thing. So what yeah. is I don't understand her motivation. Was she a double agent? What is going on with Mariette? Well, I I don't know. And I think uh, I don't know. That confused me. Uh, I think the thing here is that obviously, if we're going based on the logic presented to us in the film, mm-hmm. obviously Mariette has been connected to the Resistance for a while, like, mm-hmm. and she is someone that works in this. Uh, pleasure place, but she mm-hmm. is also part of the resistance. So she finds Kay 
And I guess the question is, has Kay been on the resistance radar for a while? And so obviously her her other replicant friends are like, oh, don't go near him, he's a Blade Runner. And she's like, oh, no, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you think she was trying to get close to him knowing that the companion mm-hmm. AI, whatever, would end up seeking her out? Or do you think she was trying to get close to him just in general mm-hmm. to try and plan something didn't manage it and then does it or, the next time yeah or, or the other thing is that Fraser was just using that as leverage even though she knows it was Mariette that brought uh, Wallace to Deckard and um, because she ultimately wants Kate to kill Deckard so that he's not a liability yeah to, for the child yeah and my yeah my my biggest problem with the resistance side of things is that like they they obviously hid the child and they just they just don't want to be discovered. They're just like, what is your plan? Like they, they don't really give you a plan. They're just the resistance. We'll find out in thirty years, Paul. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good place to end things. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. And, and when and when they eventually do Blade Runner, what'll they be? Twenty seventy nine. Well, I mean, technically, it's uh, it's been thirty. Well, it was 30, 36. It was 35 years That's, when this it, movie Yeah, I'm 36. This movie came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the year I was born. So, so yeah, I'm uh, old man. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, I believe, on a 2085 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, when that comes out, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll find Ford as a clone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, parting words. I'm, de- I'm good. Uh, I don't think so. I think um, uh, we don't even really need to, mm. to rate this one. I mean, it's obvious we yeah. both really enjoyed yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think anyone, anyone that really liked Blade Runner and that hasn't seen it, and we haven't really spoiled it too much, so mm-hmm. that's kind of a good one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that still wants it like just watch it number one it's just a visually stunning film so just watch it if you can't connect on anything else you're gonna enjoy the pretty images (laughs) yeah lots of pretty images and i'm sure like you could even argue if you're a red-blooded male there's plenty of you to see here there you go i mean yeah there's not enough for those guys yeah not that it's important in the slices but there you go um yeah yeah, i'm just trying to get people to see this (laughs) but yes so so, yeah do, do go see the film if you've already seen this film watch it again in a couple of months when you've Mm-hmm. Giving yourself and a three yeah, hour and if there's people out there that loved Blade Runner but didn't like this, I'd like to just have a kind of what what was your reasoning? What could they have done? Yeah, I, I uh, really better? want to, to what, hear. What satisfy you? <laughs> I know. Come on, man. Uh, but other than that, yep. Uh, at Blockbusters on Twitter, hit us up. Yeah, and uh, or on Instagram. But mm-hmm. obviously, by the time this episode's out, we're on. It'll be on there, so uh, do find it there. Yeah. Or Facebook, or you can email us blockbusterpodcast@gmail.com if you really want to have a nice long form conversation mm-hmm. with us. But yeah, just uh, just get a hold of us. We're happy to talk with you pretty much about anything. I think. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I think with all of that being yep. said, I've been Paul. I've been Brian. And I'll see you next time. Sounds good. <laughs> In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.